Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sort of Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 97 of Sorta Awesome, and I'm joined today by everyone's favorite Hollywood housewife and the host of the Smartest Person in the Room podcast, Laura Tremaine. We thought today we might take some time to solve some of life's biggest mysteries, like how do you navigate awkward conversations with the nanny about how to wash the dishes? How do you keep yourself from going cuckoo bananas in the midst of all of this spring craziness? And why is Laura's complexion so gorgeous all the time? And also, what is up with those tortoises? We're going to be tackling so many of your questions today in this grab bag episode of Sorta Awesome. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. Laura, what do you have for us this week? Hi, awesomes. My awesome of the week is a spray tan because it's that time of year. (laughs) It's definitely that time of year. Okay. I got a spray tan over the weekend. I was at a friend's house, actually. I got it at someone's house. And I have to tell you, it's the best one I've ever gotten. Have you ever gotten a spray tan? No. First of all, I have not. Are you saying like the kind that you would get in a spray tan like salon? You got it at someone's house? Yes. Where someone was like spraying it. <laughs> like you got a friend to like spray it on your skin. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was a professional person with a spray gun. Okay. Let's hear. I know I, I've never had this done, so let's hear all about it. Well, there's there's all kinds of spray tans. I guess not all kinds, but there's several different kinds. Like the, there's like the booth kind where you go and stand in a booth and yes, it sprays you like on that episode of Friends where <laughs> right. Ross, where Ross does it. He doesn't turn around and he or he misunderstands yeah. the beeps and it. That's my only touch point for how spray tanning works. So it's, that's literally <laughs> one of the best episodes ever. Yes, it is. So there's that, and I've done that, and that's actually fine. It's come a long way since Friends days. Like, it's a lot less orange than it used to be. Right. Um, But really even better than that is, like, the airbrush spray tan where a person, another human, mm-hmm. has, like, a spray gun, 
like how a person spray paints cars or whatever. It's like very yeah. intense looking. Uh-huh. And they spray your body. And it's way better because they can kind of have a lighter hand. Like they can do just mm. like a, a, a slight brush over your face instead of like. Yes. You know, in okay. the booth, it's totally uniform. But right. your body isn't totally uniform. Like a lot of people maybe want their legs a little darker than their face or their hands or whatever, that kind of thing. So it's it's more custom. But it only takes like, I mean, a few minutes. It's not – it's amazing, I have to say. And now they have them all like organic, whatever. Mm, mm-hmm, which you're super into. <laughs> which I'm so into. I, if they told me it was laden with chemicals, I'd be like, spray me up. We're good. <laughs> Not really, but kind of. It's just so much safer than Mm. actually tanning. Yes, it is. Definitely so much safer. Oh, my gosh. I have so much tanning regret these days as I approach 40. Oh, me too. Me too. I used to just lay and bake in the sun when I was young. Not to mention that in high school, I like went to tanning beds. Right. So anyway, but spray tanning, I love because um, I'm naturally pretty pale, not like white, white porcelain, but definitely on the paler side. And um, everything just looks better. A little Mm -hmm. tan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I also have a product that I want to mention because it kind of goes with it. I put this in my secret posts. If people don't know, I write a monthly email um, that just has like my favorite beauty stuff, my favorite books and whatever. It's called The Secret Post. You can sign up for that at lauratremaine.com. But last summer when I was going to Cabo for my husband's birthday, a friend recommended this product that you put on your skin before you, um, like when you're in your swimming suit, going to be by the pool or whatever. It just, it's like a lotion and it just makes everything sort of glittery and pretty, but not like super glittery, not like teenage glittery, but just like glowy they use it on dancing with the stars oh you know how the dancing with the stars people who are very spray tanned by the way but they also look like a little shimmer a little shimmer and it also kind of takes away imperfections if you will it's called melanie mills gleam body radiance and i just put that you know i don't put it all over my body i kind of put it like a little bit on my legs and maybe a little bit kind of on my chest and shoulder area. It just makes everything look, if you're going to be at a pool party or like in a, you know, sundress that maybe shows a little more skin at the top or in a swimsuit, you know, whatever your level of skin showing is going to be. I just find this like makes makes everything lovely. <laughs> Just smooths everything over and gives you a little a little sparkle to your to your skin. So yes, and I put it so I put it over my spray tan. So that's my awesome of the week is skin summer skin. I guess. Listen, so many people have commented on your personal Instagram and probably in real life about your your face, your skin complexion lately. Have you done anything different, or is this still just your very natural beauty shining through? Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Um. Thank you for saying that. And people have been very nice on the Instagram about it. I haven't done anything differently. I mean, I actually have started something differently, but um, not since people have been saying it. I did start to get a laser treatment instead of a facial. Ah, okay. Yeah. But but I literally started that two weeks ago. So that's not um, – I can't, like, attribute anything to that. You know, I I swear I think it's my makeup. Right. 
that Dior BB cream that you love or that's what, yes, that is good for just my like daytime, no makeup look, but I actually have that on. So it's not really no makeup, but you know, the no makeup makeup look, but because I have, I have decent skin. I'm not going to complain about my skin. It's fine. I don't have big imperfections. I don't have a super uneven, whatever, like it's fine. I have to exfoliate a lot. I have a lot of skin cell turnover. So if I don't exfoliate my face, then it looks, um, (laughs) not dirty, but (laughs) it definitely looks dull and kind of like, uh, I definitely look less fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I I have a lot of ways I like to exfoliate. I I like to use a Clarisonic, Um, I have, I like to use, um, I mean, I have lots of different Mm -hmm. kinds of things and I can, I'll even put maybe, um, on our social media channels, some of the different things that I use, I change it up all the time. So like, I can't even think of all the different things I use to exfoliate. There's lots of ways that you can do it. Some that are more harsh and some that are more gentle. So I have to exfoliate a lot, but, but I don't have perfect skin, I guess is what I'm saying. I do think that when people comment on my skin, it's almost always because I have on good makeup. That Mm. makes a difference. If your skin is exfoliated, so therefore it's like smooth and it's moisturized, which is another thing I do. I'm, um, sort of consistently dehydrated. That's another story. I hate drinking water. And so, um, I, I do use moisturizer pretty excessively. So if your skin is smooth and moisturized and you have on good makeup, like that's, this is a winning combo, I'm telling you. Okay. That's good. And, and the makeup that um, I feel like people say it the most on, besides the Dior BB cream, which I, which I use for whatever, just regular day. But if I'm going to like have on makeup, like mm-hmm. do eyeshadow and like do a day, then I'm really swearing by the bare minerals, bare skin. Okay. It's it's not the bare minerals. It's a powder that you use. And I really like mineral makeup. And I do think that it looks um, a lot better than a lot of other options. However, because of my dry skin, I can't do that powdery one. It's also messy and drives me kind of nuts. So bare minerals makes a, a one called bare skin that's a liquid. Okay. You, you only need two drops of it. Like it is you use very little. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when you first put it on, even with just the two drops, you're like, wow, I really have on a face full of makeup. <laughs> but after, I don't know, 30 minutes, it kind of settles into your skin and it's really natural. And I always get compliments on my skin, especially when I'm wearing that. That is so interesting. I used to wear Bare Minerals years ago, but like you, I just got annoyed with the messiness and... My, my complexion had changed to where it was more dry than anything else and the powder just wasn't working. And so I just never tried any of their other products. So very good to know. I'll have to check it out. The Bare Skin from Bare Minerals. Yeah. Interesting. What do you have for awesome? Okay. Well, we're going to go on in a completely different direction because instead of talking um, beauty secrets, let's talk a little technology. <laughs> oh, my two favorite things, beauty and technology. Here we go. Okay. This is a new podcast app. And it's actually, it's a company that has built an app and it's seamless across web browsers. They've got a lot of things happening technology-wise. It's called Radio Public. Have you heard any buzz about this at all, Laura? No. When you say it's a podcast app, you mean it's an app where you listen to your podcasts? Okay. 
Yes, primarily. You can listen to the podcasts that you want to listen to in this app. That is not the extent of what Radio Public is doing. That's what, of course, there's lots of podcast apps that you can choose. Um, I am super in love with Overcast as my regular podcast app. So I've been really skeptical about trying something else. But Radio Public is doing some really fun, awesome things to increase podcast discovery, which, as you and I know, people who work in this medium, helping listeners, helping new listeners discover your work is a huge, huge, huge challenge. Because yes, we totally live in an age where you know, uh, serial productions drops S town and it gets 10 million downloads in four days. And like people are discovering more and more that podcasts exist, but I still to this day have people in my circle of friends who are our age, who literally, I, you know, ask a question about, well, you know, when they did serial season one and they're like, what's serial? <laughs> so that's <laughs> still yeah. discovery is still a big problem in our medium. So radio public is trying to help accommodate that and help people to discover what all is out there in the world of podcasts. So it was built by, some people who are self-proclaimed podcast nerds, they really, really love this medium. Like any podcast app, you can listen to episodes of your favorite show in it. But what they have done is they have created a playlist curation portion of their app. So what they are doing is asking podcast producers and creators to create playlists of their own favorite episodes. And that's actually how I stumbled across Radio Public to begin with. Jack and Tanner from Babysitter's Club Club mentioned on their show that they had created a playlist for Radio Public. They called their playlist Smarter Dumber, and it was a list of podcasts and the specific episodes of those podcasts that influenced them in starting Babysitter's Club Club. Um, Oh, I love that. It's kind of like Spotify or something, but for podcasts. Exactly, exactly. It is like that. So if you would like to find out like um, who uh, Roman Mars of uh, 99% Invisible put together a little playlist. I mean, you you have producers um, across a variety of mediums that are saying, um, you can listen to my show and I would love for you to, but these are episodes that I really think that you should check out. So are you have- going to do one? I think that Megan Teets of Sorta Awesome should should make a podcast playlist. Oh, maybe so. Maybe so. That, that, we'll see. I'll, I'll reach out to Radio Public and see if they're they're taking playlist suggestions right now. Um, but I just, I love that because as you know, Laura, sometimes when somebody tells you, oh my gosh, I love this podcast. If you've never listened to it before, you kind of need an entry point to kind of get what the mm. show is about. Right. And so I love that with the playlist function, you can hear, even if you're like never going to listen to that podcast again, you can hear a really fun episode that somebody whose taste that you trust also really liked. Now, the other thing, and I have only just begun playing around with this app. So I'm going to, this is a hopeful awesome of the week for me because I think it's going to turn out to be pretty great. Um, But I have not done any of these things yet. And another thing that they have that I think is so great is they have an Ask a Librarian feature. So if you're searching for a new podcast, you can tap this button that says Ask a Librarian. The app asks you a couple of questions. You type in your answer and it sends your request to a Radio Public podcast librarian who is a real human being who is there to help suggest shows, episodes, or playlists that you might want to check out based on what your interests are. Wow. Isn't that amazing? 
That is amazing. I would like to have that job. <laughs> so they're saying this is their high-touch personalized recommendation. I just think it's so fun. You know, there's even within the realm of loyal podcast listeners, there are people who have like, these are these are the three shows I always listen to, and that's mm-hmm. all I have room for in my life, in my listening time. I'm going to stick with these three. You have other people, and I tend to fall in this camp that I'm like, I, I have my shows that I love, but I always, I know there's so much out there that I'm, not, I'm missing out on that I have never listened to. So I'm always listening for little snippets from across this medium um, to find new stuff. So Is it free? It's totally free. Yes, it is. That is, that is a good one. So great. So like I said, I've only just begun to play around with it. I will keep you guys updated on if it turns out to be a really great thing or not. Sort of awesome. Well, I am so glad that we are getting to do this episode today. Kind of lighten things up around here. Now, regular listeners to Sort of Awesome know that you and I have been close friends since high school. We won't say specifically how long that is, but it's definitely in the ballpark of two decades. And even though we talk almost every single day in some format or another, it seems like if we're not careful, we can go weeks at a time without really checking in with each other, like what's going on in your personal life? Like, how are your kids? What have you been doing? What have you been up to? Um, Maybe some of you who are listening can relate. It's easy to just get so busy that you don't make time to kind of circle back and follow up on things that are going on in people's lives. So today is all about the circle up. In fact, we asked in our sort of awesome hangout group on Facebook, if any of you all had questions that you wanted us to follow up on from some of our past episodes. So I wanted to start with kind of just like a health and wellness check-in because last year in episode 78, Laura, you and I did an episode called One Thing That Has Changed Our Life. And each of us talked about the sort of exercise and body movement stuff that we've really gotten into that were making a dramatic impact on our lives. And a couple of people were wondering if we have any updates on that. So I wanted to start with you. You talked about the huge role that Pilates has played in your life and in really changing your body and, and actually strengthening your mind-body connection. So are you still doing Pilates? And if so, how's it going? I am passionate about Pilates. I have never in my whole entire life done exercise like this. Um, I mean, I did some sports team stuff in high school, but I never have ever stuck to any sort of a regimen or ever enjoyed exercise. Like I have avoided it my entire adult life. I started Pilates in January of 2016, and I'm still doing it two to three times a week. I'd never miss if I'm in town. That's so great. I do travel a lot. So that affects my schedule a little bit. But if I'm here, I am doing Pilates. And I have to say, it has really changed the way I think about my body and um, lots and lots and lots of things. I'm still not one for traditional exercise. I'm never going to like traditional exercise, but Pilates is really become important to me. So yes, I'm still doing it. Yes, I still love it. The big update here is that I started to get my husband, Jeff, into it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just have a mental image right now of Jeff on a Pilates machine. <laughs> it's it's a different experience than what I have. He is very athletic, has always been he's physically very strong his whole life. He's been coordinated in, in sure. sports and he's all that kind of thing. Yeah. If you've ever seen a picture of Jeff, um, 
on my social media or anything, he is built like a gorilla. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He literally looks like a gorilla. And so his body issues are quite different than mine, but he has a lot of stiffness as he ages. Um, and his both his dad and his uncle, who have really similar body types, have had to have total hip replacements in both hips. So Jeff is like walking down that path. Like we've always sort of been like, this is a matter of time, so you got to fix those hips. Anyway, he was having a lot of tightness, even though he works out with a personal trainer, like does, you know, worky outy things with a personal trainer all the time. Um, I just... I just felt like what I was learning at Pilates, he would really benefit from. I kind of didn't expect him to take me up on it, but he did. Um, Mainly because of the hips and tightness thing, I guess, was maybe affecting him more than he had ever said. Because he went and he saw my Pilates trainer. And I honestly thought it would just be like a one-time thing. Like, he'd be like, also, I wanted him to sort of see what I was talking about a lot. Like, Mm. I was talking a lot about my posture and and mind-body connection and like things like that, you know. And so I wanted him to sort of at least have a general reference for what I was talking about all the time. Mm -hmm. But he actually really took to it. And I'm just surprised. My, my Pilates teacher has a lot of male clients. Um, It's different. You know, their issues are really different from what female bodies are experiencing. But I have to say it has been so good for Jeff. I wouldn't say that he likes it. Like he grumbles about it. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. But he also knows that it is um, really good for his body, for his joints. He turned 50 last year. So, you know, we are really trying to stay on top of like preventative health stuff as opposed to dealing with it when it comes up like you can do when you're younger and dumb about things. We're just past that phase. So, um, yeah, I just think I just wanted to say that it's sort of interesting because I, I I feel like maybe it has a stereotype that it's not for men. Definitely. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, but our Pilates studio has a lot of men and and Jeff's into it. Really helpful for men too. Good. Good, good. Well, I don't really have I have a complete non-update in terms of the strength training that I talked about being so significant back when we did episode 78. As most of you all may know, uh, this winter and early spring has been terrible for my family for sickness. We were going along great. In fact, leading up into the winter, Kyle and I both were a little bit nervous and trying to be like really just kind of psych ourselves up that no matter how cold it got outside, because we work out outside in our um, in our garage, that we would just keep at it. And I'll tell you what, through the bulk of the cold weather, we really did do it. And then at the end of February, and then like the entire month of March, we were all so sick around here. And then of course, that meant that we had stopped um, weight training. And I can tell you that I felt the weird thing is, you know, a lot of times when you're sick, when you're an adult, you can kind of feel like, oh my gosh, my body's just so weak. I was so sensitive to that. And I think it was because I had been feeling like so strong and so connected with my body that when I got the flu and just felt so terrible, I felt it so much more, if that makes sense at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that has been a bummer, but we are ready to get back on track. So there was, it was kind of, like I said, kind of a non-update on that. But somebody in the Hangout group did ask if I would talk a little bit about um, a recent Whole30 that we took on. I don't think I have talked about that on the actual, on actual sort of awesome, but I had talked a little bit about it on my personal Instagram. 
So here's the update on that. <laughs> First of all, the context was, you know, a lot of times when, when uh, adults decide to do a Whole30, which is a 30-day focus on eating whole foods only, there's no dairy, there's some other restrictions on it, they'll do that for the grownups and then accommodate for kids. We decided we were going to do the whole family, all six of us, my four-year-old twins, my nine and 12-year-old daughters, and then Kyle and I. We made it about 20 days. <laughs> Oh, you did. It's good. I think we probably would have soldiered on to the end, except that fell around the time um, we went to Dallas when I was on the podcast live show. And that whole weekend, we kind of just decided we've we've done this for a while. We've learned some great lessons. And now we're going to give ourselves permission to just experience life. So yes, uh, some of the biggest takeaways, first of all, Whole30 is a lot of work. It is a lot of food. It's a lot of thinking about food, a lot of shopping. Um, I was going to the grocery store two and three times a week just to keep enough fruits and vegetables in the house. Um, it's a lot of prep work. You're just, you're thinking constantly about food. Um, the actual eating part of it, because Kyle and I have done a probably kind of like a paleo adjacent style of eating for a while now, that part wasn't even that hard for me, like figuring out what we're going to eat. Although the no dairy thing was a pretty big deal. That took a lot of getting used to. But um, I like maybe some of you all who are listening tend to be super lax with little kids about what they're eating. And if they just eat chicken nuggets and whatever, then that's what they eat. Well, we didn't, we really had some big shifts in diet for the twins. The girls are pretty open. They, they were excited to try new things, but um, that was one of the biggest eye openers for me was just like how, I had gotten into such a habit with them of them not eating a lot of fresh fruits, um, vegetables, uh, how much I was relying on grains, how much I was relying on dairy to get their protein in and to keep them filled up. So it was a really big deal working with them. They they ended up, eat, they did, the good news is they do love fresh fruit and they ate a ton of that. They, eat, they ate a lot of roasted vegetables like sweet potatoes and broccoli. They love green beans. So that was good. But I was constantly worrying like, how am I going to get protein in them? Because I was so used to just giving them a stick of string cheese or a tube of yogurt. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was a really, really big change. Um, and I'm glad I did it because because in those the 20 days that we were doing it, uh, it really helped kind of acclimate them to some different ways of eating that we really have hung on to. Um, the other thing was I tried to be super, super careful, especially with my girls, to not present this as a diet that we are all going to go on. Um, I yes. know some people have conflicted feelings about Whole30 because it does have some food restrictions. I do think that one of the biggest um, philosophies of Whole30 with the food restrictions is to eliminate some common causes of aggravation in your body, like inflammation, allergies, those types of things that you may not even know that you have. For example, through our... Uh, almost Whole30, I discovered, and I had suspected this for a long time, but I, it really confirmed for me that one of the twins has a very significant gluten sensitivity. It causes all kinds of tummy upset for him. And um, and so that was really eye-opening. And it, as it turns out, I don't think any of us have any dairy issues because we, we, we introduced it back in and it was totally fine. But I am so sensitive, Laura, to how my girls think about food 
and to not at this age that they're at nine and 12 to really not focus on you need to not eat this. Don't eat this. Don't eat this. We really try to emphasize, look what we get to eat. Look what we're trying that we never would have tried before. Look at, you know, look at how amazing this food that's never been in a factory tastes and really just emphasize the nutrients they were getting, what all these foods were doing for their bodies, all of that good, healthy stuff instead of like, well, we all just need to cut back on what we're eating around here. So yes, I'm glad you did that. And I'm glad you're saying that because I'm one of the people who have very mixed feelings about Whole30. And um, part of that is because Disordered eating, often the messages that that kicks off disordered thinking about food comes from the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm really glad that you were super aware of that, and then also even um, kicking it off in adults. It's not just about children or teenagers or whatever. That because you have to get so into um, prepping the food and planning the food and shopping for the food and all of that with all these different types of diets, it can um, trigger like an obsessiveness in yourself right? Yes. about the food mm-hmm. that can very quickly go um, into a bad place. And so, yeah. yeah I ha- and, and if anyone wonders why I'm even kind of feel really strongly about some of these things is... Uh, I have a family member who had a very, very, very difficult eating disorder a few years ago, and it really um, took over our family life a lot. And so I did a lot of research and a lot of reading and a lot of trying to understand the culture of diets and disordered mm-hmm. eating and disordered thinking and about food and all of this kind of thing. So I we've actually never talked about that much on the show. It's I wouldn't want to. Um, you know, step over anyone else's privacy lines, but it is a topic that I feel pretty strongly about. So when we do talk about um, this kind of thing, which I know is very helpful for people, especially when they're trying to do what you said, like elimination diets to kind of figure out what's going on with their body, which I, I, I'm i sure makes total sense. I also want to like do the caveat of like, be careful with these things. Well, I'll tell you what, that piece that you wrote back when you were blogging at Hollywood Housewife, is your extreme diet really an eating disorder? That was a big wake up call for me because I started thinking about how even, you know, years ago when we kind of first started exploring paleo eating and whatever, that it's very easy to get into a thing of like calling out certain food groups as being bad. That's bad for you or you don't want that. Um, and And again, I think because I just want our children to have such a healthy approach to food. That was a very big eye opener post for me. Since then, I have I have continued to follow along in the teachings of people that are like helping do away with more of the diet culture approach to how we eat and just focusing on what is what are actual nutrients that are good for your body. And so. Anyway, even in doing Whole30, we tried to be super careful not to focus on what we weren't eating and really focus on, look at, I mean, like this is amazingly delicious food and we're getting to eat it because we're focusing on how important whole foods are in our diet. So, all right. Well, 
let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about the fact that here we are in the midst of beautiful springtime, which is a wonderful time of the year, but it's also a completely crazy time of the year. No matter if you are young or old or have children or not, there are just all kinds of activities and things happening all the time during the spring. So somebody asked about our spring routines and how do we manage the craziness of springtime with our families, especially. So Laura, what does this look like in your family right now? Um, Well, a couple things. Our schools go well into June. So while we are still in spring, like America is in spring right now, we're not quite to like end of the year craze and Mm -hmm. all of that just yet. We still have a few months to go. Also, my kids are in two separate schools this year. My son, who's five, is in preschool. Um, My daughter is in a school um, in the Valley, which if you're familiar with Los Angeles, I live in Hollywood. Our daughter goes to school in the Valley, which means it's quite a trek for me to drive mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, she does take a bus in the morning and some afternoons. But the whole point is in Los Angeles, where things are very spread apart, my kids are in two different schools that are very spread apart, which makes for a lot of driving and juggling of the schedule. We have, um, it's not a hard and fast rule in our family, but we have a loose rule that each kid can have two activities only. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just keeps things a little bit sane because my daughter, who is seven, she has the temperament of like, she wants to do all the things. (laughs) Like, yes. If it is offered, she wants to do it. I mean, she will try everything. She will be like, let's do like cooking class, let's do robotics, let's do the what. And I'm like, oh, I can't do all the things, even if they sound great. Right. Just because we have to be able to have time for homework and dinner and yes. bedtime. And I just, I I personally, as the mom, hate all the crazy rush. So even if I have one kid that I think would actually do fine with a lot of activities, but even if she would do fine, n- no, it, like it doesn't work for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my personality. So um my daughter does gymnastics and the school play. Mm-hmm. And my son does chess and soccer. Okay. Um, and he also some, sometimes does art. So his is a little more fluid because preschool activities are not exactly rigorous. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like chess is not really like... <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Taxing him too much. So that's what I mean. It's not a hard and fast rule. There are certain seasons for things like he'll take a four-week art class or you know what I mean, like kind of thing. So so that's our spring right now. We're not in the in the end of school. The kids do some activities that are, that are after school mostly. Um, next year, my son will be also at the school with my daughter. So that will ease up our life a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's so great that you do have a little bit more kind of cushion time before you get into end of the year, cuckoo, crazy banana town, which is where I am right now. (laughs) Because now we in Oklahoma City, our school year does not end until the very end of May, but somehow here we are and it's already happening. We have a similar rule that you were just talking about. We our rule is only one off-campus activity. So that for us, that looks like because my daughter's still in elementary school, she does those things. She's in robotics and chess. But those are on campus, and our campus is half a block from our house. So, you know, if her if she's after school for a club meeting for a little while, it's really no difference to 
either Kyle or I, whoever's picking up that day to get her a little bit later. That's fine. But as far as like off campus, so like AJ's doing soccer for the first time. We're soccer parents for the first time ever this spring. And it has been crazy. We're like, oh my gosh, every time we turn around, there's practice, there's a game, there's all of these things. We're really bad at it. Um, That has been a big shift, but that's her one thing that she wanted to choose for off campus this year. And then Daisy has been in an orchestra program since third grade, and she's still in that. Um, And that's her one thing that she has chosen that's not a campus-based activity. And so that does help. I don't know how families do it that do all of the things. I can't, we are stretched to the maximum, I feel like right now with our schedule. Um, And I don't know, is it hard for you to not fall into the trap of like, oh, we have to be serious about this thing? mm. Like my kids are are younger than yours, Mm -hmm. but um, I started off in my parenting journey, (laughs) like thinking, oh, we were never going to be like the parents who travel to away games every single weekend and like blah, blah, blah. Like I wanted to keep all of my kids' activities really loose. I knew I was not going to have an Olympic caliber kid of anything, (laughs) but- we won't tell them that, though. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just being serious. Even, I know. Like they're they're good at what they're good at, but you know what I mean. Like I was like, I just cannot be that parent. Yeah. But then, as as they get older, I mean, we are talking first grade and not even kindergarten yet. I do feel the pressure of like, oh, your kid is sort of good at this. They have to do uh, practice four times a week right. and travel team and blah, 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 blah. blah. Okay. Yeah. I and I, I start to be like, yes, I really have to foster this mm. thing that my kid is good at. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to not fall into the, we have to be serious about sure. this yeah, yeah. sport or activity. I will start to go down that path and be like, you're right. We need to do this and yes. add on a day and do the thing. And I know that's going to get worse as they get older, especially if they're talented at something. Yes, do you know what I mean? Like, I do. Then you feel like you need to get be all in on it. Yes. It's hard to balance like the rest of family life. Okay, that's true. And I think in bigger cities, there's probably a bigger a bigger emphasis on that. I mean, for us, and I, I think the fact that Kyle coached college football for over 10 years, he has a really seriously realistic approach to like, how feasible, how reasonable is it for this child to go on to the next level? And so we also choose really low-key organizations to plug into. Like we're not doing club soccer or whatever. We're doing OKC Parks and Rec, which is like Mm. super just come out, kick the ball around, we'll have a good time kind of thing. Now, Mm -hmm. I think if Kyle, again, he's a great assessor of athletic ability. I think if he thought, oh my gosh, she's like super talented. We need to get her into this thing or the other. We would maybe explore that route. But I don't know. It just hasn't, to this point, it hasn't come up. Um. But I do think that it's just it's such an individual thing that you just kind of figure out as you go along, which is not super helpful to anyone I know. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's hard. I have to talk myself into the thing of like, okay, listen, what they are going to do as an adult for their career or their yes. passion or whatever is probably not what they loved at seven. Mm-hmm. Like just statistically, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Um, I ha- But I have to like get myself there, get myself to the reasonable thoughts yeah. because I will just as soon as the next person spin out yeah. about like, oh my God, we ha- we're not doing enough for this kid, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, but my children, while both talented in several different areas, um, they're not prodigies. Right. Yes. And I think it's hard to, 
I don't know. It's a, I have found it to be more pressure on myself mm-hmm. than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. It's hard. That's it all. Is. Well, when it comes to navigating springtime craziness, we my big thing is we just say no to anything that's extra. Like our rule is only what's required. <laughs> I know you had a life mantra of only what matters. Ours for right now is only what's required because between soccer practice and games and awards assemblies and talent shows and recitals and concerts, literally the things that we are required to be at, that's plenty. So anything else, any other invitation that comes along or anything that's going to be stressful or come do this and it's optional, basically I'm like, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to make that. But my kids do know Summer is around the corner for them. Summer break is around the corner. And we have total freedom to do all kinds of fun stuff. So I kind of dangle the carrot of summer in front of them when I have to say no to any extra thing that comes along. So, Do you mean by extras? Do you mean like extra fun um, right, like soccer game? Or do you mean like birthday parties? I mean like um, this past weekend, like the neighborhood Easter egg hunt or anything that it's going to require prep work or us getting somewhere and it's stressful, then I'm just like, I'm sorry, we can't. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if it was a birthday party, if it was a good friend, I would probably still say okay. But just, yeah, there's there's all there's always a variety of things that are just like little, you know, come to my, now that my daughter's in middle school, she wants to go to her friend's recitals and concerts and stuff. And she's not performing in them. And I'm just like, no, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> can't do right. it. So Okay, well, speaking of kiddos and making decisions for our families, we had a really interesting question that I don't think anybody has ever asked us to cover on the show, but we thought this would be a great time to talk about it. One of our awesome said, can we talk about childcare? She said that she personally has a mix of childcare options. She has a nanny who comes in. She also takes her kids to in-home daycare one day a week. She also just works in her home when they're asleep. And she was wondering, like, what are some different options that we've used? How has it worked out? And, like, how do you have a discussion with your nanny about not putting the wine glasses in the dishwasher? They are hand wash only. How do you talk to your nanny about that without sounding like a complete control freak? So, anyway, I thought this would be a really interesting thing to to tackle because we have really different approaches to child care for our own families. Yeah, that's true. I wrote about this some when I was blogging, but I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show. I have a nanny for my kids. I've had her, she's actually been with my husband since before I came along. <laughs> she's actually <laughs> she's actually taken care of the house for my husband at different house when he was a single man. Um, like for honestly 23 years or something like that, a long, long time. Um, and so she kind of runs our house. She's like fantastic at it. And then when I had children, she was very excited. She She's just like part of our family, um, a huge, huge part of our family. And she right. helps take care of the kids. So that is our main child care. I have not had to have a lot of babysitters in LA, like if we go out for the night or something like that, because we have... Sarah, who is like part of our family, and she is a stand-in, a wonderful stand-in for lack of having any family here. Mm, right. Yes. Neither Jeff nor I have any family over here, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, nobody. And so someone that you would use in a pinch or whatever, we have Sarah, who is wonderful. When we go away for the summer, which we um, 
have a lake house that we go to every summer. And there I do use uh, more of like a babysitter person. Right. And this, like the distinction being um, the person that we use there, it's usually the same person. And she does come a couple times a week, but, she, you know, just for a few hours, she doesn't really do much around our home or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So she's more of like your standard yeah. babysitter. Yeah. Versus Sarah, the nanny. So those are our, that's what I do for childcare and have always done and have just been really lucky because I have seen some of my friends be like trying to hunt down babysitters and, you know, reliable people, people they trust. And I've just not had to deal with that very often. Um, in terms of she asked, like, how do you ask her to <laughs> not put the wine glasses in the dishwasher without sounding like a control freak? Okay, listen, I really do understand this dilemma. And I have friends um, who have a really hard time telling people who clean their house or people who care for their children what to do mm-hmm. because they don't want to sound mean. They don't want to sound um you know, crazy or, or whatever. Um, so, so my approach to that is there are some things that you have to let go mm-hmm. about people who are working in your home. Like a, con- like a control freak would be, you don't swaddle the baby this way, you swaddle her this way. Okay. If the swaddle is working for everyone, like just let it be. Like if they tuck it in the right place, do you know what I mean? Like who cares? That's good advice. I had to have that moment, not with anybody working in our home, but with my husband, you know, and my babies were little, like I had my way and I was like, this is the way. And he was said the same thing. Like if my way works too, why is it wrong? So it doesn't matter. Like if the swaddle is swaddling, like we're good, you know, and that's true. That's true for anyone. Yeah. Like your husband, your the grandma, like whatever. On something like the wine glass question that she asked, like, well, you're you're risking potentially breaking your things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't want your wine glass to be broken. <laughs> um, so that, I feel, is, like, totally different. That is not a control freak to say, and you would say it in a nice way, like, you would say to anyone in a nice way, like, uh, please don't put these in the dishwasher. Right. It doesn't have to be a whole drama. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be... A whole thing, or or I would prefer if you do it this way. Not even an I prefer because um, in this situation that we're talking about, you just be like, don't don't put these in the dishwasher, please. <laughs> right. It's not an option. It's not a matter of preference. They can't go in the dishwasher. Right. Um, and you just have to choose your battles that way. Like if they're, you know, and there's lots of everybody's going to care about something different if they're using, you know, natural products to clean versus chemical products to clean. Like maybe that's your value system, and you really need to be assertive about that. Maybe you don't care what they use to clean or, you know what I mean? Like everyone is going to choose that differently. And I just think um, you have to decide like what matters here. Right. If if their way is working and if and it falls under all the realm of it's okay with you, even though it's not what you would do necessarily, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to have snafus, you know, like, but they're just normal home snafus. If somebody else does the laundry and turns everything red on accident. Right. <laughs> Like, that sucks. But that could happen to anyone. Yeah. You know, that could happen to you if you accidentally, you know? So right. there's, you got to leave a cushion for accidents happen and mistakes happen versus like, you know, safety yeah. or things breaking or whatever, you know, like that type of thing. Absolutely. So yeah. everybody has their rules. I have some, you know, I am really weird about my kids riding in the car with, um, other people. And so I feel really strongly about the rules there with their car seats or, 
driving on the freeway or whatever. Some people, that's not a thing. Um, I don't care very much at all about how my house is cleaned. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I really don't. Like, if the job is done, the job is done. Right. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I don't know if I'm like fully answering this. I do feel like with, with her specific questions about how do you request a thing, then first of all, decide, is it a request or is it a directive? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can say, um, you know, please don't throw out my leftovers, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. to if the person is cleaning out the fridge, um, because I like to keep them. And that is, I don't know, to me, that falls under more of a request because that is not, that's just your sort of preference or like, please fold the towels like this. Right. Versus like, only use the cleaners that I have purchased and keep under the mm. sink. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's a directive. You're not giving them an option to use the chemically cleaner that they brought in. You know, I mean, decide if it's a request or a directive and then just say it as such. It's not like most people understand the relationship. Right. (laughs) Right. I think that's so true. I think that in our country, we have such a weird hang up. Women have weird hang ups about having help in their home. And so if you have like a thing where you're like, oh, I feel uncomfortable about this, then that's you're going to project that onto a, a simple conversation like about what to do with a glassware it might make you feel needlessly uncomfortable about it. Needlessly is the key word here, because first of all, they are helping you. And second of all, I hope that you're paying them. Right. So you're sure, paying them. This sure, is yeah. a that it is that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they are helping you if it is unhelpful to you, meaning that they they rolled the towels instead of folding the towel square and you because of the way you like your house you're going to go in and redo it all (laughs) then they have not helped you there has been no help there that's right it's so true yeah so if you want them to help you you sometimes have to tell them how you want it done um it's it is a it should be hopefully a symbiotic relationship and the way anybody speaks to anyone the way you speak to someone who's helping you the way they speak to you should always be in kindness yeah yeah course, yes. And sometimes people want a little direction. Like they don't know, they want, you know, to to know what will make it work best for you. You know what I mean? I do. And you want them to know. Mm-hmm. And so it's so weird when there's like a big canyon of, um, sometimes it wasn't an actual like miscommunication. There was no communication. I think that's the key. I think in, in these instances, direct communication up front, again, it doesn't have to be weird or awkward or anything. Just direct communication up front will save everybody a lot of, of time and, and energy if, if that expectation is set for whatever the issue, the issue is early on. Also, sometimes it is awkward, and that's okay. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't like awkward. I've had to have awkward conversations with our nanny, who we dearly love, same as I've had to have awkward conversations with, you know, my sister or whatever. Like, sometimes people have to say, hey, this hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, or, hey, I don't think this was fair. Mm-hmm. Like in a boss-employee relationship, you know, I don't, I don't think this was um, – I did not like this or, you know, whatever – coming from from both sides. We've both had to have awkward conversations and they are totally awkward. And you can, they're also necessary. You need to like fix whatever is the itch there. And then they're over. Right. Like, I don't think you can at all costs avoid awkward exchanges in life. Sure. Sometimes exchanges are awkward. And maybe you have to like gear yourself up for them. I know I do. I have to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, But they, you know, 
You just have to do it. You just do it and it's over and then it's not hanging over your head. And the other person isn't constantly wondering like, is this okay? Did I do this right? Or whatever. It just, it clears it up. So that's so great. Um, yeah, that's so great. That There's a lot, there's a lot of life application in that whole <laughs> answer right there uh, that can be applied to a lot of different things. As far as childcare goes, I have been across the gamut from total stay-at-home mom with no childcare help at all because we didn't have family close by and whatever, um, to moving into work-at-home mom, realizing I needed some help with childcare. So I've talked about on the show before that I have a place here in Oklahoma City that I absolutely love, spontaneity, childcare, because it's drop-in daycare. My schedule is so unpredictable from week to week, and it's all over the place. I love that um, they are, I mean, they're spontaneous. You just drop them off. And I love the women who run that center. We share a lot of values in terms of um, children and learning and um, lots of things. So that's been a great option for me. But also, I've started hiring my daughters in mother's helper situations. If you aren't familiar with mother's helper, it's just, it's like having a babysitter in the home, but you're still there. You're just kind of doing your thing. And then the mother's helper is doing whatever it is, whether it's watching kids or doing dishes or folding laundry, whatever. But I've been hiring my daughters to do some of this. And I incentivize their pay. So I have levels like if the, this is the bare minimum, when I come back downstairs, everyone's alive and nothing's broken. That's that's your minimum wage right there. And that's this dollar amount. <laughs> but if I come downstairs and everyone's alive, nothing's broken and you guys folded this laundry, then it's this. I mean, so they know if they do a really excellent job while I am upstairs working on something, then they, their pay is going to reflect that. And that's been really helpful um, a really helpful solution. So it's something that I think um, may be more accessible for moms who don't necessarily need someone as long range as like a, a nanny or even a regular babysitter, but they could use a little help of every now and again. Ask around who has kids in that tween and, and early teen um, age range who might like to earn a little extra money. So, all right, last one. Let's talk about pets. We don't have any, but lots of people are super interested in your pet's before we get to the really cute blue-eyed one, people always ask about the turtles, which are more technically the tortoises on the Tremaine property. They're, Listen, a, they're a bit of a mystery. I forget about those tortoises. And I posted a photo of them on, I posted a photo of one of them on Instagram. And like so many people, people who said they had followed me for years upon years were like, you have tortoises? <laughs> and I was like, well, if that doesn't sum up my feelings for Blanche and Lamont, I don't know what does. <laughs> um, the tortoises are, there's two of them. They're named Blanche and Lamont. They are African desert tortoises. They are 23 years old. Man, that's amazing. So they've been around since with my husband, Jeff, who got them when they were teeny tiny, like the size of, you know, silver dollars. And now they're, I mean, they're they're bigger than a dinner plate. They're like platter size, I would say. Okay. They're, they're pretty big. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not going to get like the huge ones in the zoo that are like as big as a, you know. Right, sure, sure big dog or something. They're not going to get that big, but they, they are still growing. And 
they will live to be roughly 80. Wow. Wow. So they, they are in our will. That's, they actually are. Um, they live in the backyard in a heated doghouse that is painted to match our house. <laughs> that is because my husband is psychotic <laughs> and has nothing to do with me. <laughs> um, we feed them mostly salad, like lots of like lettuce, tomatoes, carrots, cucumbers. Um, and then he, I think he sometimes sprinkles like a powdery proteiny thing on top. I don't really know what to say about Blanche and the Mod. They're really cool looking. Like when you look at them, they just look so sure exotic. <laughs> yes, and if you don't know their back there, they're they're quite frightening because they are like a, a little big. So if you just like stumble into the backyard, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> and they they do they have free reign. I mean, our yard is very, very fenced, so they can't, like, get to the road. But, like, they have free reign in the area where they are. So they can – they just walk around, and they try to get in the house sometimes, and I discourage that. <laughs> um, Yeah, I need to post more about them, I guess, because people were pretty fascinated with how big they are, but I don't really know what to say about them. Jeff loves them. The kids like them. They are sort of a novelty. Sure. Um, we also have – um, a big 10 foot by five foot, like a, a 1200 gallon fish tank. That's right. Yes. That we were actually on the show. It was actually created for the show Tanked. If you ever watched the show Tanked on Animal Planet, it's a show about fish tanks. Yes. That is a fantastic episode featuring your <laughs> and husband and his love for fish. He is Exotic big, fish. He, it's a lot of fish love. And so we have, I don't know how many fish are in there, 25 big exotic fish and a couple of big eels. Ah, there's a lot of fish. But I could, we could do a whole episode on the stupid fish tank. Yeah. And then we have a new puppy, Kona. Let's hear the Kona Rocket check-in. How's everything going? How, how Kona have, Rocket how is long, amazing. Yeah. How long have you had him now? We picked him up February 1st. So, okay. yeah. um, you know, we haven't even had him a full... Three months? Two, I don't know. He's he's four, a little over four months old. He was born in December. He's an Alaskan Klikai. He has his own Instagram, Kona Rocket. <laughs> he does. Oh, my gosh. He's so cute. Here's what I would love to know. Because my girls are on the dog bandwagon, and they really, really want one. And I've never, I've never had a dog my whole life. And so I would love to know, what did you guys do before you got Kona? that has been the biggest help to sort of acclimating to now your dog owners? Well, it's, this was, I haven't had a dog as an adult and neither has Jeff. We both grew up with dogs, but you know, it's been a long, long, long time since we'd had dogs, both. Well, one of my older daughter was super into dogs. She's always been since she was like a baby baby and has begged us for one. I ultimately gave in for lots of family reasons, but the thing we did to prep isn't what I would tell everyone because it's just like personal. Um, we went with a breeder. We chose the type of breed we want versus if I were your family, Megan, I would probably go to the shelter and get an older dog. 
Oh, okay. Um, that's already trained. Mm-hmm. I do not think you want to deal with puppy training Mm-mm. with with four kids and no. and whatever. It has been a lot. Okay. It has been a lot. So we chose the breed we wanted mainly. Well, we love the way he looks, but mainly for size. Mm. So we need to be able to travel mm-hmm. with our dog, and he. Um, the max of that breed will be 20 pounds. Kona is a toy, so he's going to be probably under 15 pounds. Oh, he perfect. is four months old and currently eight pounds. He's okay. very little. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we also hired a dog trainer before we even brought him home. So the dog trainer came to our house to train us before we even brought Kona home, like to train us how to be with a dog and like looked at our house layout and where we should keep things and put things because we were like true newbies. Like we knew nothing. Right. So we sent Kona away when we traveled to Oklahoma for spring break for a couple of weeks. And then Jeff and I went with some friends to Napa. So we were traveling for almost three weeks and we sent Kona with our trainer that he already knew um, to like puppy boot camp where she has a facility where she keeps puppies and for the full three weeks. And I don't know. It was pretty expensive. I do think that he learned the commands and we, we would have needed to board him anyway. So like sure, sure. trying to wrap it up into um what we would have needed anyway i don't know if if puppy boot i the jury is still out of if it was worth it or not i i don't know i don't know enough about dog training to even speak to that he definitely knows the commands whether or not he follows them (laughs) (laughs) you just have to be so consistent and and our days and our life and our schedule is not that consistent. So I'm trying to like having, I'm having to build into my day every single day, like dog time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Which has been a new experience. Definitely. Definitely. I keep trying to help my girls understand that it's like, it is a, it is a, it is actually adding a family member to the family because there's a lot of work going on there to, to get everybody settled. So Okay. Well, yes, Kona Rocket is on Instagram if you would like to check out his darling pictures in those beautiful, beautiful blue eyes. So yes, we love him so much. I don't. I feel like I just said negative things about about the training and stuff. That it's not negative. I just don't really know. Mm-hmm. And we love him, and I think that makes a difference. Like I am never going to be a huge dog person, but I'm really a Kona person. Yes. Which sometimes people are that way about babies too. You know, sure. like baby people, they just love their own baby. Yeah. That's how we are kind of proving to be with Kona. And if you love them, it's easier to put up with the the work of shenanigans. It all. The shenanigans. <laughs> those puppy shenanigans. Okay, well, we had questions with some of our awesomes asking us to follow up on some of our past episodes. And I wanted to tell you, we have shows on the docket that I think you're going to be super excited to listen to. For example, a lot of people wanted us to follow up on the anxiety episode that Laura and I recorded way, way back in episode 26 of Sort of Awesome. Guess what? There is an anxiety part two episode coming to you soon. People were wondering how Rebecca is, are very much missed third co-host who has been on maternity leave since January. Rebecca will be back in your podcast feed very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. We have other, you guys had so many great episode ideas. And so we took note of lots of those. They were topics that were going to be way too much to be covered today, but we took note to see what we can come up with in the future for that. So Laura, I know people are going to want to have some follow-up conversations with us about some of these things we've talked about today. Remind us where we can find you all around the web. 
Yes, I would love to hear from all of the awesomes. You can find all of my social media channels or sign up for my secret post emails that go out going to lauratremaine.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Laura Tremaine. If you want to follow me on Instagram, lara.tremaine. And I'm on Facebook as The Hollywood Housewife. Okay, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We are also on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. You can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. And for our Lady Awesome listeners, our ladies only hangout group on Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.